tonight. When I was at um, my mother-in-law's and we, we went to pray, I, I said something to her. I said, Nita, I said, if I had all the power in the world and my children had a need, do you think I would withhold that need from them? Well, she got it pretty quick. She said, no, neither will my daddy. <laughs> so I want to take you on a journey just for a little bit from John 15 and John 17. And I want to use several passages. Um, I shared with you that Paul on Mars Hill, when he's in Athens, um, runs into the group that's, the, the Greeks that's philosophers, but they're also idolaters. He said, I perceive as he walked and saw the, all the idols, and he saw the, the monument to the unknown God. He said, sirs, I just perceive that you're way too superstitious. And uh, that's kind of an, probably an understatement. But we live in a world where that's still not something strange. There's people who are still worshiping idols. And uh, so when we go to, he said something in that chapter that really has, the Holy Spirit's kind of had me planted there for a little bit, where he said, uh, I want to talk to you about that unknown God. He said, uh, in him we live and move and have our identity. So I want to take you to a couple of places, first of all, and remind you some things of John 15, 9, and from the Passion, let, let's see what the King James says first. Remember John 15, we talked about 10 times in the first 10 verses, the word abide. That word defined means to be at one place, stationed in one place, to be in a fixed position. It also means to be in union. It means to be in union. So he says, as the Father had loved me, so I have loved you. That's the King James. Continue you in my love. Now, I want to show you what he said. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. Uh, so... <clears throat> The Passion says, I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. I don't think all anyone, <clears throat> I'm still growing into this because I want this to be so alive in me and so real that what Jesus said, that I'm walking in that place of great understanding that the Father loves us with the same love, he loves his son. And he said, you must continually let my love nourish you. That is so incredibly important. Now, look at John 17 just for a minute. Let's see, I think it's verse 23. Yeah. You live fully in me, and now I live fully in them. So that they will experience perfect unity. Now the Holy Spirit 
that's the grounds for him to do anything God needs him to do is unity. And the world will be convinced that you sent me for they will see that you love each one of them with the same passionate love that you have for me. Same passionate love. Then let's go over to Ephesians chapter 1. And let's read a, from the third verse. You're mo most familiar with this, I'm sure. He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The Passion says, this is speaking of our sonship and the Father's plan. He says, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a love gift. From a wonderful heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus, all because he sees us wrapped into Christ. This is why we celebrate him with all our hearts. That word is to bless. Celebrate means to bless. My prayer is always, Lord, let my living bless you. It said, in love, he chose us before he laid the foundation of the universe, the world's. Now, remember, we talked about that before. The alternate Greek translation of the unique wording of this verse could be translated, he chose us to be a word before the fall of the world. Because the Greek word for chose is eklogomai, which means it's a form of lego, which means to speak. The word for fall, Adam's fall, is katabols which can mean falling down, but it's usually translated foundation of the world. He says, because of his great love, he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes. Holiness is not something we do. It's not something we do. Holiness is, is a place, it's something that we are. Holiness is what... God is holy. Peter says, be holy, be holy, for I'm holy. So holiness is something that we are. He said, be holy. He didn't say do holy. So it's important to understand that. And I believe there's a connection to our relationship with the Father that causes us to see that we've been made the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ and we've been made holy. He says, he said, because he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with unstained innocence. Now, the opposite is the devil wants to make you feel like you're not worthy. Because we are living in a broken world and we are imperfect. But he's perfecting that that concerns me. So I can see the progress of the Father. I can feel the progress of the Father in me because there's things that I've entered into a place of rest that things don't really shake me like the enemy used to, you know, leaves him scratching his head because it's not working anymore. Because now, okay, Jesus in the boat. He's in the back of the boat sleeping in a storm. Why? Because the peace in him is greater than the storm out there. He is peace. 
He's the Prince of Peace. But he's not worried. He's not concerned. And the only thing that the, the, the disciples are caught up in the chaos. They let the chaos get in them. And that's why they run back to Jesus and say, don't you care that we're perishing? One thing, God will, he will, he will inject himself and come into our crisis, into our frantic moments. But he won't get frantic with us. Because he's the Prince of Peace. And Jesus didn't get frantic with them. Because the peace in him is greater than the storm. That's why he could speak to the storm. Peace, be still. And he asked them this question. How is it that you have no faith? Where is your faith? One gospel writer said, where's your faith? So it's important that faith is a place. It's not something, once again, that we carry in our tool belt. But I believe faith is a place of rest. If we really believe, if we really have faith, have faith in God, it's a place we enter into rest. We don't get anxious about anything. And he says here, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished on us as a love gift from our wonderful Heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus, all because He sees us wrapped in Christ. This is why we celebrate Him with all our hearts. And love He chose us for the foundation of the universe because of His great love He ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in His eyes with an unstained innocence. Listen, for it was always His perfect plan. Don't forget these two verses right here. To adopt us as His delightful children. That means to establish us. He's establishing us, settling us into this mindset that we have the mind of Christ. What's the mind of Christ? You can sleep in a storm. What's the mind of Christ? You don't get upset when a man runs at you that's demon-possessed and falls at, uh, at, at, and understands, sees the Jesus in you. We don't get up. It's important that we not allow the storm to get in here. The peace in here has got to be greater than the storm out there. So he says, he's adopted us as his delightful children through our union with Jesus, the anointed one, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace. For the same love he has for the beloved Jesus he has for us. There's the, Paul's talking about it now. And this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. Now, in the King James, you'll find another place where Jesus said, it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Now, remember the prayer? He, he said, it's the prayer to the father. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth. Are there any emergencies in heaven? You think anybody's panicking? Thou will be done. You think there's any lack in heaven? No. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. So what is all spiritual blessings? That's this confidence 
It's a place of the faith rest life. A, a place of great confidence where we can enter into a rest where no matter what's going on, Paul, remember Paul? He talks about all the stuff that's going on. He talked about being stoned, being shipwrecked, being uh, uh, beaten with rods. And he talked about all these things. And at one point, he says, none of these things move me. I believe that Jesus wants to be so saturating in our spirit that the things that the enemy uses, circumstances, situations, problems, they don't move us from that place of great faith and fellowship and relationship. So let's look at another. Let's go back over to John 15. I want you to see something. First verse, the King James says, I'm the vine, you're the branches, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that bears fruit, the father prunes. And, and, and so here's what the enemy and even the Western culture of religion in many aspects would want you to think, that if you don't bear fruit, He'll throw you away, kick you to the curb. That's not what this says. That's not what he said. Watch. I'm the sprouting vine and the farmer tends the vine is my father. He cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches. Wait, that's different. He takes up to himself. Let me tell you. It don't matter if you bear bad fruit or rotten fruit. He's going to prop you up. And he's going to, he, he, here's what it says. It said, he's going to care for the branches connected to me by living and propping up the fruitless branches. I, I've been there. And pruning, that word pruning, it, it comes from cathero. It's the same word we get catheter. It means to empty of all impurities. Pruning means to cleanse. Cleansing every... Ooh, come on, Jesus. I just want to submit myself to you so that you cleanse me so that my fruit becomes... I become fruitful in every area. Now, in this same chapter, he taught... There's three fruits he mentions, and one of them is not winning souls. The first one, the first fruit of the Spirit is, he said, the first fruit you can get is the fruit of answered prayer. Second one, joy. Third one, love. Herein is my Father glorified. I'll take you there in just a moment. He said he, he prunes every branch to yield a greater harvest. The words I've spoken over you have already cleansed you. Now, this, this is a washing of, me and Brother John talked about this the other day, the word, the laver, the washing of the water of the word. The more you stay in the word. Now, let me tell you something. I want, I want to make a, I posted something on the, on the WhatsApp 
that I want to I want to kind of reiterate a little bit because the Holy Spirit's still speaking. He is. The Father's still speaking. And we hear him through the Spirit. But the guarantee that we have to hear the Father is to open the Bible. That's a guarantee. You're going to hear him speak. And the more you open it, the more you like, you're going to learn the character and the voicings and the wording of the Spirit. You're going to understand when it's him talking to you rather than emotions. Because I've been confused before. I've been, I've been in that place as God began to mature me. I said, Lord, I want to be sure. And Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. Now, let me just give you an example. It matters which voice you listen to. Adam and Eve is in the garden. And they eat the, the forbidden fruit. Immediately sow fig leaves together and hide. And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the cool breeze of the day. And he said, Adam, do you think God didn't know they had already messed up? He's God, absolutely, he knew it. And he still showed up for the walk. He's still looking for him. And, and, and Adam, he's asking Adam, where are you? He knows where he is. I think he's getting Adam to think about where he is. And all of us need to understand the Holy Spirit will give us, he, he intercedes for us with groanings that cannot be uttered, but, but he knows the mind of the Spirit. And he knows what's in here. And he prays according to the will of the Father for me and you. So the, God says this, where are you? He said, we, we hid because we were naked. And God asked a question. He said, who told you? Which voice have you been listening to? Which voice have you been listening to? Uh, I sat with a young man yesterday, and he just he spent time in prison. It's my delight to sit with men who've had some brokenness, and he he is on fire for Jesus. He even got he said he got saved in prison. He said he started leading a Bible study. He said they they made fun of him to begin with, but he wouldn't be stopped. He said, pretty soon they started coming. Young guy, country boy, I like him. But as I shared with him the father's heart and how he was the treasure that the father found in the field, that Jesus found in the field, he began to weep. He said, that's good. I said, that'll make you whole right there. I said, he doesn't love you but or, per or if he loves you, period. With the same love, he loves Jesus. Whew. Okay, let's fast forward now. Jesus is 17 miles outside Jerusalem. He gets baptized by John, his cousin. And John 
a little reluctant. He said, I, I need you to baptize me. And Jesus says, no, no, I'm here for you to baptize me. Suffer it to be so now. And John baptizes Jesus. Comes up out of the water. The heavens open. Here's the first mention of the Trinity. The heavens open and the Spirit, like a dove, descends upon Jesus. Didn't say it was a dove. Said it like a dove. Descends on Jesus and a voice from heaven. Here's that voice. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I want you to think about that for a moment. Growing up, I wanted to please my dad. The Seymour, right? That's right. I wanted to please my dad. I thought if I performed well, he would be pleased. But later I discovered that it wasn't about the performance. He just loved being with me. And I loved being with him. Last trip we had was to the shooting range. He called me up and I told him where I was going. He said, I want to go. And he took his pistol and I remember him smiling as he, we shot together. But, but see, the, 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 the great part was we, we talked all the way there and all the way back and it's a good 30-minute drive to the range. Just being with him. So, this is my beloved son and whom I'm well pleased So immediately the Spirit takes Jesus into the wilderness. He's there 40 days and 40 nights. And he's fasting. And the devil comes at a moment when he thinks he's going to catch Jesus in a weakness. (laughs) That ain't going to happen. Notice the first thing he says to him. If you were the son of God. Oh, he had already heard it. If you're the son of God, turn this stone into bread. See how the voice of the enemy will make you question your identity? If he did that to Jesus... Hello. He's going to do it to us. But we can come to a place of such rest and confidence that like Jesus, he said, he quoted the scripture from Deuteronomy 6. He said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Throw that rock away. But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, So the enemy comes to be a voice that's contrary to the will of God for your life. Let me tell you, he operates through the world. He operates through TV. He operates through social media. And he operates at Walmart and Winn-Dixie. You got to, you got to, and that's no, I yeah, I don't go to Walmart as much, but I know Amy, Amy works there. She's there every day. But, but uh, you understand that, that the enemy 
is looking to get us to believe the lie. I shared this with that young man. He, he was amazed and, and really, really was just so overwhelmed by the fact that I took him here. This is where I took him. If God the Father loves us with the same love that he loves his son, and he sees us through Christ. I asked a young man yesterday, I said, what it would, would it sound like if you heard the Father say to you, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Let that sound, or my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased. I know the religious religion would really just they would recall. That's, they living in the what if. That's exactly right. So I want us to go from the what if to the why not. I just read for you three passages that says he loves us with the same love he loves his son, Jesus. So why wouldn't he look at us and be well pleased? That means that it's not about trying harder. It's about quit trying so hard and just, just be. be. Be like he called you to be. Be, be that person. Now let me give you a testimony. My sister-in-law was sitting in the wheelchair in the living room when I prayed, when I said that to Nita and prayed over her. And she said, do you remember, this is what Angela said. And I think the timing of God is impeccable. Because he knew where he was taking me tonight, so he needed me to hear what she had to say. She said, do you remember when you and Deborah came to the hospital and I was in ICU. And you told me to look for the light at the end of the tunnel. And she said, I can't even see the tunnel. She, I, I told her this. I said, you're going to see it. You're going to see the light. And you're coming out of this. Next day, she said, she told me this. I didn't know it. She said, the doctors came in and said, we, we don't understand. So, so we, we don't know what happened. <laughs> Come on, somebody. But we're about to move you. Because there, something happened overnight. Why? Because he loves us with the same love that he loves his son. And since he has all power, and he owns a cattle of a thousand hills, if we have a need, you think he's going to withhold that need? Romans 8.32, if he spared not his own son, but offered him up for us all, how will he not with him freely give us all things? Boy, there's a place to rest. There's a place to park till Jesus comes. That's a place to park and understand that he's already made provision for us to rest in that fact. We've already seen too much. It's good. I'm telling you, it's so rich. 
So John 17. Go with me to John 17. We know this is Jesus' high priestly prayer to the Father. This is what Jesus prayed as he looked up into heaven. Now remember what prayer is? Prosukumai. The, the, the prefix is pros. Pros means face. Prosukumai is to is gaze in the face and make request. The other word is presence. There's no Hebrew word for presence, so it's prosadadon. It, it, means, it means face. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with. That word with, pros. Face to face. You and I can say face to faces. Face to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We've been brought into the swirl of the perfect love that loves perfect love that loves perfect love that loves you and I with perfect love. Come on, hang with me. We've been brought into that swirl, into that, that beautiful place of, of communion with Father, Son, and Spirit so that, that we are loved with perfect love. He says, Father, the time has come. Unveil the glorious splendor of your Son. So that I'll magnify your glory. You've already given me authority. That means responsibility. Over all people, so that I may give the gift of eternal life to all those you have given to me. Remember, we talked the other day about belonging. He's going, we're going to talk about that. He, and eternal life means to know and experience you as the only true God. And to know and experience Jesus Christ as the Son whom He has sent, I've, whom you've sent. I've glorified you on the earth by faithfully doing everything you've told me to do. Now, you do understand that everything Jesus did, He saw His Father do. Everything He spoke, He heard His Father say. If you've seen me, Philip, you've seen the Father. So He said, I've glorified you on the earth by faithfully doing everything you've given me to do. So my Father, restore me back to glory that we shared together when we were face to face before the universe was created. Father, I've manifested who you really are. And I've revealed you to the men and women that you gave to me. They were yours and you gave them to me. And they fastened your word firmly to their hearts. There's the key. We've got to dwell, meditate, allow that word to be fastened firmly to our hearts through the Holy Spirit. He says, and now at last, they know that everything I have is a gift from you. And the very words you gave me to speak, I've passed on to them. Oh boy, that'll preach right there, won't it? Everything that you spoke to me, Father, I have given to them. To do what? Speak. Because you're a word. 
to, to have received, they've received the words and carry them in their hearts. They're convinced that I've come from your presence and they fully believe that you sent me to represent you. So with deep love, I pray for my disciples. I'm not asking on behalf of the unbelieving world, but for those who belong to you and those you have given to me. For all who belong to me now belong to you. Come on, look at your neighbor and just tell them you belong. Yeah, you belong. You belong. For all who belong to me now belong to you. All who belong to you now belong to me as well. And my glory is revealed through their surrendered lives. That's not Burger King mentality. Have it your way. <laughs> That's right. It, it is a king's mentality, but it's have it his way. It's amazing. Because it's epic. Holy Father, I'm about to leave this world to return and be with you. But my disciples will remain here. Holy Father, he's one that you've given to me. Keep them in your name so that they will be united as one. Even as we are one. While I was with these that you have given me, I was guarding them and keeping them in your name. Not one of them is lost except the one that was destined to be lost so that the scripture would be fulfilled. But now I'm returning to you as so, Father, I pray that they will experience. Here it is. Here's one of the fruits. And enter into my joyous delight in you. So that it's fulfilled in them and overflows. Now let's go down to verse 18. I've commissioned them to represent me just as you commissioned me to represent you. How do you do that? We become more like Jesus. We're conformed into his image so that the world, when they encounter us, they experience the love of the Father through us as representations and he says he says now dedicate myself to them as a holy sacrifice so they'll live as fully dedicated to God and be made holy by your truth what is his truth his word the truth that we are in him and he's in us and he loves us with the same love he loves his son and I ask not only for these okay here's your name right here but also for those who will one day believe in me through their message. I pray for them all to be joined together as one, even as you and I, Father, are joined together as one. I pray for them to become one with us. There's that perichoresis. Early church fathers used that word. The circle dance, the place of celebration, the, the place of, 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 uh, of a glorious experience in that amazing love he said so that the world will recognize that you sent me for the very glory you've given to me i've given them so that they will be joined together as one and experience the same unity that we enjoy you live fully in me i live fully in them so that they will experience perfect unity and the world will be convinced that you sent me for they'll see that you love each one of them with the same passionate love that you have for me Last verse, 26. I've revealed it to them who you are. There is what I want to know more than anything. I want to see my Father. 
as the Holy Spirit will reveal him to me. And that's through the sacrifice of Jesus. Because it's, trans it's transformational. It changes us. Remember, when you belong, behold. Whatever you gaze at, you become. I used to see my son, when he was nine years old, sit on the altar. He would play the harmonica because he saw me play it. He wanted to play it too, so he did pretty good. Showed him how to do the cross harp. And he would sit on the altar and even and sing a song called Turn Around. <laughs> it was a cassette back when they had cassettes. We still got it somewhere. But it's talking about turning around. That's the same as repent. Change your mind the way you think. That'll turn you around. So he says, I will continue to make you even more real to them. Get ready, church. I'll continue to make you even more real to them. So that they may experience the same endless love. There's the third one. That you have for me, for your love will now live in them even as I live in them. Wow. Your love will live in them even as I live in them. So if God is love, guess what? Jesus is love. If he's living in us, guess, that, guess what that makes us? We're love too. Come on. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. So, entering into that rest, faith rest life, having this, he is kept in, or she is kept in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Peace is the byproduct of beholding, gazing, I wake up in the morning thinking about him. I go to bed at night thinking about him. It's amazing. And, and, and guess what? He sits up all the time thinking about me. Thinking about you too. He never sleeps. Now, now let me leave you this one little nugget, okay? The reason I know that's true, because David said, Oh, Lord, how many are your thoughts about me? You could probably put two million grains of sand in this bottle. It'd probably hold about two million grains. I don't know. I'm just guessing. David said, your thoughts are more about me than the sands of the sea. Every beach on every shore. Come on, somebody. That is perfect love. I want you to stand with me. I love you dearly. It's just so good to embrace this. Matters which voice you listen to as well. Because the Holy Spirit will never speak contrary to the will of God. 
He'll never lead you away from what's the will of God into worldliness. He'll never lead you out into the world. He'll lead you closer to the Father. Amen. Brother John, would you dismiss us in a word of prayer?